RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Nostrovia. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. I hope you guys are having a great day. We've got to discuss the events of the past weekend and, of course, all the news that broke today as well. That includes a lot of talk about Russia, a lot of talk about whistleblowers, A lot of talk about hookers and blow, and of course, Hunter Biden. Do me a favor, if you wouldn't mind, as you stroll on in, please hit that like button, hit that red pill. Do me a favor, share this program on your favorite social media platform. From what I understand, my videos are banned on Facebook, but there is someone Named Zach Payne, pretending to be RedPill78, posting on Facebook. It's not me. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Uh, Yeah, Putin's chef fakes a coup. I said that right. I meant to correctly type in chef, not chief. And you're going to find out why. There is a very specific reason. All right. Also, don't forget, later on tonight at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I'm going to be joining my good friend on Badlands Media for another exciting episode of Baseless Conspiracies. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. We're going to be right back after this. According to reports, a cyber attack occurs every 39 seconds. Now, many of these attacks are on financial institutions like banks because cyber criminals have realized this is where the most valuable and vulnerable data is. If you aren't taking extra steps to protect yourself and your finances, you're leaving your money, your investments, and your security at stake. And this is why I highly recommend Virtual Shield 1 to put your security back in your hands. Virtual Shield 1 is an advanced identity protection suite that includes Virtual Shield's military-grade VPN with a strict no-log policy. But it also has a million dollars in insurance, social security protection, dark web monitoring, and more. This advanced service will notify you in real time if your personal or financial information is associated with a data breach. And that helps you to protect yourself before cyber criminals steal your hard-earned finances. Virtual Shield now offers Delete Me capabilities to locate and help hide your information from search results and people who are searching websites. So sign up today to get a 60-day risk-free trial of Virtual Shield 1, 24-7 customer support, unlimited access to Virtual Shield's VPN across unlimited devices, identity protection, a $1 million insurance policy, malware and ad blocking, and so much more. Simply go to my special website, virtualshield.com forward slash redpill78, or click the link in the description box below. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. 
All right. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. No matter where you are, I know that our good friend Vector One One Seven hanging out with us early mornings over there in the uh, the what is it the Great Down Under, uh, Australia, playing with kangaroos and wallabies and koala bears. I wish that was my life, Vector. I sincerely wish I lived in Australia. It's a beautiful country. I want to say thank you very much to everybody for hanging out with us today. If you wouldn't mind, please help me out, share the show, hit that like button, let everybody know that this is a great place to be. We have a lot of very important news to discuss today, and better believe we're going to get right into it. So please join me in beginning our discussion about the great Wagner PMC military coup that never was that uh took place over this past weekend let me just actually get the correct foxhole chat link in there and there we go all right so what exactly happened i mean uh it was sometime like late thursday late friday we started getting videos rolling in showing that there was some animosity between uh, wagner pmc private military company uh andre per Andre Prigozhin, uh, and uh, he was having some sort of issue with Vladimir Putin. And as a result of that, he was marching on to the Kremlin. He was planning to overthrow Vladimir Putin. And along the way, he planned to stop and talk with the people who would be assisting him in this coup. I think there is incredible genius behind this operation, and it was accomplishing so much from so many different fronts. Of course, if you take it at face value, it would appear that Prigozhin was unsuccessful with launching this military coup. It all apparently began over the bombing of a Wagner base where a bunch of their private military contractors were sleeping. Supposedly, they claimed the Russian government, or rather the Russian Ministry of Defense, had sent missiles down, raining hell upon these guys, which just does not make any sense because Wagner, as a private military company, is primarily bought and paid for by the Russian Ministry of Defense. They are essentially their number one clients. And so, When Russia wants to get involved militarily someplace in the world, but they don't want to officially be involved militarily, they will send Wagner because they're not official representatives of the Russian government. They are, again, a private military company, and they are just doing mercenary type activities. Now, certainly the United States has these same types of mercenaries. We've heard of them operating in Eastern Europe and taking part in the fighting that we've seen between Russia and Ukraine and this great proxy war between Russia and the United States. So when this uh, initial word began to seep out, that Wagner and Prigozhin were launching a coup against Vladimir Putin, it took the Western world by storm. It was everything that you could find on CNN and CNBC and MSDNC, all of them. It was wall-to-wall coverage of the overthrow of Vladimir Putin. Now, let's be honest. This is a wet dream for the deep state. The idea that they could overthrow Vladimir Putin, uh, have Russia be taken over as part of the the new world order and join the global community so that they could rob, rape, and pillage Russia in the same way they have the United States of America. Uh, Not so fast, though, guys. Not so fast. Because all things are not exactly as they appear. One thing that struck me as odd from the very beginning is that Prigozhin 
launching a military coup, took off from his position in Ukraine back into Russia, announcing it on social media, uh, on his Telegram channel nonetheless, and letting the Russian Ministry of Defense and the Kremlin at the heart of it uh, learn about this in advance. That's not very good OPSEC. Let's just be honest about it. If you are performing a legitimate military coup, then you're not going to tell Vladimir Putin that you're marching over to his front door and you're going to be knocking on the door and saying, hey, guess what? Give me the keys to the kingdom. Not to uh, uh, put too fine a point on it, but it was also quite a distance from his position in uh, southern Russia uh, up to Rostov and then up to Moscow. It was many, 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 many kilometers. It would have taken them a couple of days at best to get there. Uh, And so along that way, Russia would have had free reign to pick them off and kill them in any manner that they pleased. And if Prigozhin's main argument is that the Russian Ministry of Defense had killed some of his best men, then why would he put the rest of them in harm's way? I mean, the roads simply are just not that great. It's not like they have uh, hundreds of or thousands of kilometers of highways that they can travel on. Many of these places have, uh, you know, old and and, uh, unmaintained infrastructure. You're going to be talking about dirt roads. And and when you're thinking of large military vehicles and convoys in general – They can't run at like 60 miles an hour, 70, 80 miles an hour. They can't go at freeway speeds. So it seemed unlikely to me from the get-go that this thing was serious. And then uh, uh, on top of that, the number of people that were apparently going, it just it just did not seem like it was uh, it was a real thing. So uh, essentially, when all of this stuff started getting out on the Internet and the corporations and uh, the deep state apparatus and the mainstream media here in the United States, they started immediately reporting on, oh, now that there's these personal grievances, this this dispute between Vladimir Putin and Wagner PMC. There's a dispute between Wagner and the Russian MOD generals, two of them in particular, uh, Shogu and Garazimov. Uh, and this coup to dethrone Vladimir Putin, at, let's be honest about it, would be a gift to Western media and to the deep state as a whole. So thinking about all that, understanding where Vladimir Putin comes from, up until this point, he's been able to successfully hold off the entirety of the Western world. He's been able to successfully hold off NATO at his doorstep in Ukraine. And he comes from an intelligence background. Vladimir Putin worked at the KGB before he ended up getting into these higher levels of government. Um, So I would think it's safe to say that Vladimir Putin knows how to run an operation. Keeping all that in your back of your mind for context. Okay, so... Who is Prigozhin? Well, Prigozhin, the leader of Wagner PMC, he is a billionaire. Um, and uh, the reason I called him Putin's chef is because at one time he was best known as Putin's chef. He was a private caterer and he got his start running contracts for military sources. So he was feeding the troops. And now, 
after having many years of great relations with Vladimir Putin, he is now running a large portion of the Russian military apparatus. So the idea that he would run this column from southern to northern Russia into Moscow just simply does not make any sense. We're talking about 40,000 troops, roughly, that Prigozhin is able to command total. Um, But the number that he sent up to Moscow through Rostov was only about 8,000. That would not be enough to overthrow the entire government of Russia. Now, uh, the other thing about this is that with the CIA's involvement in Ukraine and their vested interest in overthrowing Vladimir Putin, you have to start asking yourself if it's possible that maybe the United States government and their own private military contractors may have had something to do with this operation. Uh, I think that when you look at something like this, when you uh, uh, consider all of the events taking place in Ukraine and Russia, it becomes very, very likely that the CIA and the deep state have something to do with it. So let's do a little bit of a dig here on Prigozhin. Yevgeny Prigozhin. I called him something else earlier, but it's Yevgeny Prigozhin. So he is currently the head of the Wagner PMC, private military contractors. The financial success that he currently maintains was not simply due to that, but as I said, to his time known as Putin's chef. Now, As Putin's chef, he provided military food and provisions to the Russian army. Uh, But at a certain point, he became the head of Wagner PMC. Now, he did not start Wagner PMC. There was actually someone named Wagner who started this organization to begin with. Uh, Let me see. Salty Zero says the chef cooked up a coup. Yes, exactly. The chef cooked up a coup. In Russia. And uh, I think that maybe Vladimir Putin might have had something to do with it, if I can be perfectly honest. Jim Kyle says, great show as always. Thank you very much, Jim. I also wanted to say thank you to a patriot who sent me five bucks over on Cash App. Because uh, it's been a minute. Uh, Terry. Terry, thank you so much. She said, love your work. I appreciate you, Terry. appreciate you being here. Astyball over on the foxhole, pilled.net, if you don't know, says, thanks for all you do, Zach. Much love. And Doug Simey dropped a can as well. All right. <clears throat> so, Wagner PMC and Yevgeny Prigozhin. March on in to Russia, march on up to Rostov, announce their uh, continued march into Moscow, announce that they're going to be overthrowing Vladimir Putin. And then 24 hours later, they turn around and they decide they're not going to be marching anywhere. Now, it was previously stated by Russian state media that Prigozhin and PMC, Wagner PMC were running this coup and that he was going to be charged with treason and sedition. However, when he announced that he was no longer going to be marching on to Moscow, apparently he made a deal with the president of Belarus to retire in luxury, doesn't have to give up any of his his uh, his businesses, doesn't have to give up any money, doesn't have to give up his head. That's an odd, odd thing, because from everything that I've heard about Vladimir Putin, uh, he's a big fan of uh, chopping the necks of the people who stand against him. I mean, Even here in the United States of America, I mean, you'd be hard pressed not to find somebody uh, running a coup on the government, uh, of course, against a deep state uh, aspect of the government and that government not wanting to take that person's life as well. But it's understandable 
that Prigozhin would be given leave to go to Belarus if there was some other mitigating factor that is not being made public. Lukashenko, the president of Belarus, made claims that it was his intervention that allowed for peace between Prigozhin and the Russian Ministry of Defense. Now, the Wagner PMC group, they ended up getting about 125 miles away from Moscow. So they made it a fair way into Russia, up into Russia. Uh, and for him to turn around and uh, and walk away, you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, why was he so willing to put all of this information out there publicly and then at the last second turn around and say, hey, guess what, guys, we're going home. You don't have to worry about anything. The other thing is that he has not had any of his military contracts taken away by the Russian Ministry of Defense. He and Wagner PMC are still acting as a de facto arm of the Russian military in a number of different places throughout the world. A couple of places in Africa, obviously, someplace here in uh, in the Ukraine. <clears throat> so the idea is that he will escalate his tensions with Vladimir Putin. He'll turn his people around and he'll just walk away. He will go to Belarus. He will get to retire and uh, he will also get to continue to do everything else that he had done up until that point. It just doesn't make any sense if this was truly a military coup. Now, as I said earlier, on his way to Moscow, he had plans to meet with a number of different representatives of the Russian Ministry of Defense. Russia and Ukraine have been battling for over a year now. Uh, the country's resources have been strained. There is tremendous economic pressure that's being put on them by all of the nations of the world and certainly all of the Western world, and people may starting to be feeling the pinch. Uh, also, military-aged men who are willing to go and die in Ukraine, uh, you know, they only go so far. Now, there are a lot more of them in Russia than there are in Ukraine. I think Ukraine is significantly at a disadvantage when compared to them. Uh, and, of course, Russia also has Wagner. So maybe, maybe there are some people in Russia who want to get rid of Vladimir Putin. Maybe there are some people in Russia who would be willing to work with, I don't know, the CIA or the State Department or NATO. Uh, and together, they think that they could do it better. They would kick Vladimir Putin out. Maybe they would arrest him, put him in prison. Maybe Prigozhin is handed the keys to the kingdom. Maybe somebody out there thought, hey, we could get to Prigozhin, we could pay him enough money that he would turn his troops around, move into Russia, take out Vladimir Putin, and then hand the deep state the entire nation of Russia. Uh, but again, it did not happen that way. Prigozhin and Wagner PMC are wildly popular all throughout Russia. If you had a chance to see any of those videos of them going into Rostov, uh, it was like 95% of the city was like, yeah, they were treating them like rock stars. There was a couple of people who were like, you know, no, this is wrong. You can't be doing this. And uh, and like there were people actually like fighting in the streets. I definitely saw that. But I mean, Wagner was not interested in having these people fight each other. Uh, they believe and they sure made it sound like they were there for the Russian people. And that's why the Russian people are so fond of them. So continuing on. I suggest 
I suggest to you that the CIA could so very easily have been behind this coup because military coups and coups of any type don't simply happen out of nowhere. They require a lot of money. They require a lot of funding. They require many, many bodies. Now, MTG also hints that perhaps the United States government could have been behind this coup attempt. Just how did she hint this? Well, she put some interesting things out on Twitter. She said, after our government has been funding a proxy war with Russia in Ukraine for over a year, I sure hope our government isn't behind a coup attempt currently happening in Russia. Regime change in a nuclear armed country may lead to terrible consequences and the American people don't want that. I think she's right. I'm not interested in destabilizing another nation. We completely messed up the Middle East. Uh, We have messed up a number of different areas in the world. And that, that is not to say that the brave men and women who joined our military forces to protect our nation and to do what they were told that they did anything wrong because they definitely didn't. The people that I hold responsible are the Joe Bidens of the world, uh, the, uh, the the secretaries of defense, the secretaries of state. You know, these people, these high level cabinet positions, they're the ones making decisions for people to go out and die, to go out and kill innocent people. It's not the men and women who put on the uniform and stand there with their rifle. Take a look at this, too. She also tweeted out a picture of Ray Epps and his nephew standing outside the Kremlin with those characteristic Russian hats on. You have to absolutely love it. And and, and Marjorie Taylor Greene wasn't the only person. I mean, as soon as I heard that there was a coup in Russia and that CNN was like the number one reporting source for all this information, I said, this has got to be a government. Uh, This has got to be a CIA or a State Department or just a U.S. government type uh, situation taking place. Let me remind you. I, I reported on this about a week ago. Uh, we just held the largest uh, Air Force drills with NATO in Eastern and Western Europe. We sent a ton of artillery over there. We sent a ton of planes. We sent uh, a, a ton of uh, uh, probably Humvees and military vehicles. And that's on top of the billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars that we've already sent over to Ukraine. So, uh, that would allow if if somehow organically at the exact same time that all of this equipment just happens to have found its way over to Europe because of a NATO exercise, the head of a private military contractor with ample soldiers and weapons and their own supplies decides that they want to commit this coup and remove Vladimir Putin, then all of those resources would be available to hand over to perhaps help out and make the process a little bit speedier. A lot of other people saw it and they thought the same thing. They were uh, discussing it widely on uh, social media. And uh, of course, it was coming up in uh, the news as well. Now, I've told you about the NATO exercises. I've told you about the transfer of all of the equipment and the military vehicles. We already know about the billions and billions of dollars that have been sent to Ukraine by the State Department and the United States government and the Department of Defense. Well, do you remember, like, just like a week ago, maybe a little bit longer, they announced that, oops, there was an accounting error, and it turns out that we actually have mishandled $6.8 billion worth of uh, resources. Now, they were 
reporting on it in shill media outlets like Axios and CNN, as if that accounting error now allows for the Department of Defense to send an additional $6.8 billion to Ukraine. But what if, what if they had actually used it as cover to funnel billions of dollars to someone like Purgosian, who runs a private military company, who also has uh, perhaps a tenuous relationship with Vladimir Putin. $6.8 billion just happens to go missing. And, you know, that money is not just going to go off into the ether. It went into somebody's bank account. It went into a suitcase and then was handed to someone. It would have been a hell of a suitcase, maybe uh, uh, one of those, uh, what is it, the, the truck? tanker things that uh, they make houses out of. Uh, Anyways, so Kim.com openly suggested that the military coup being staged by Wagner could, in fact, have been uh, a CIA operation as well. And the fact that all of this money just happens to go missing at the same time that we've got all of this equipment and the drills and this uh, apparent coup, it's all very Very, very, very convenient. So he says, my views on the actions by Prigozhin and the Wagner Group in Russia. This started as a power struggle between Prigozhin and Shogu. In the beginning of the special military operation, Shogu and his team made mistakes and Prigozhin became a strong critic of Shogu. Let me go ahead and continue on with this. And oh, why is it not working? There we go. Now, I want to say uh, at the forefront, I don't exactly agree with uh, Kim.com here, but we'll we'll go ahead and uh, go through each of those points. So uh, I did tell you at the beginning that one of the sticking points was that Prigozhin had this issue at the Ministry of Defense with Shogu. Shogu was allegedly the one who blew up Prigozhin and Wagner PMC's uh, dudes out in, in Ukraine. Why would he do that? Why would he send a missile to destroy this encampment of uh, soldiers that had essentially saved uh, lives, who who had pushed back the enemy in Ukraine? It just does not make any sense. So what this also did, (laughs) it meant that that, Wagner had to leave Ukraine, right? So that would have changed the front on the war. That would have made the Ukrainians feel as if they were safe, okay? And perhaps they would have revealed their locations and moved forward to try to reclaim that lost ground. That makes uh, a lot of sense right there. That's what happens in war. So uh, we say here with Kim.com that Prigozhin had success in Bakhmut with Wagner Group. We saw wide reporting on that. Uh, and he presented himself as a better military leader than Shogu. I don't know about better, but he certainly was the one on the ground directing things. Now, Kim says that Shogu then provoked Prigozhin by limiting ammunition supplies to Bakhmut, resulting in Wagner loss, Wagner Group losses and a strong reaction from Prigozhin. Many of you have seen the video of Prigozhin attack Shogu and the Russian military leadership. That's true. He did make that video. But what the hell do we know? I mean, this whole thing is uh, is staged as far as I'm as far as I can tell. Yeah, I'm not saying people didn't die, but I'm saying that what we are looking at when we see these videos coming out of the front lines, 
quite often uh, they are very carefully crafted to send a very particular message. Um, the only things that I really trust coming out of Ukraine are, you know, if I have a statement from somebody who's right there and who can tell you about it, you know, just taking a look at the Donbass uh, as a whole, that whole area does not want to be part of Ukraine. They've been attacked since 2014, shelling and missiles all coming from uh, the uh, Ukrainian government. <clears throat> But, of course, that information is not discussed uh, openly on mainstream media. Another thing they don't discuss is uh, the, the Nazis that uh, are openly fighting among the Ukrainians there in, uh, in this war. So the limiting of ammunition would be a perfect precept uh, to allow Progosian and Shogu to have some sort of visible and uh, and public sparring match, uh, which could then be used as a precept uh, for Prigozhin to then march on to the Kremlin and uh, supposedly overthrow Putin. But Shogu, as the head of the Ministry of Defense, would be the one who is in charge of making these decisions. Shogu, or excuse me, um, <laughs> um, uh, Putin and Prigozhin they have this long-standing relationship, and uh, I have to believe that Prigozhin would understand there are separations of powers. You know, I mean, you've got uh, people that you delegate things to, and Shogun, he, he would have his own specifically delegated tasks, and that would include kind of running the front lines. So it makes more sense that Prigozhin would want to m go past Shogun and uh, end up speaking with Vladimir Putin, but not necessarily to overthrow him. Um, so after Prigozhin announced that he was not going to continue moving forward, uh, the Western world kind of, uh, you know, threw their arms up. And uh, of course, there was a lot of uh, people on Twitter, Warhawks, who were discussing uh, their their displeasure at this. There was a lot of people who were really hoping that Vladimir Putin was going to be overthrown and that Prigozhin would be the guy to come and take it over. Um, but no, again, instead, it ended up just fizzling out. So what do I think happened here? Well, I think that <clears throat> because of the longstanding relationship between Prigozhin and Vladimir Putin, uh, and uh, because of the fact that Putin essentially made Prigozhin, he helped him make all of his money, they've had a longstanding relationship, um, I, I think that it is possible that uh, Shogu was making incorrect decisions or bad decisions for Russia. I also think that uh, the military, certain aspects of the military, might be upset with Vladimir Putin. Maybe they think they can do it better. It happens all the time in countries all around the world. So, Prigozhin was used as bait. He was approached by the CIA, and he was potentially also approached by elements of the Russian government who thought that they could overthrow Vladimir Putin. He accepted billions of dollars from the CIA with the express intention of overthrowing Vladimir Putin. When he did that, loyalists to Prigozhin within the Russian government would then have been rewarded, and uh, they would have uh, been able to rise to uh, heights of power they had previously only dreamed of. But instead, he claimed to be running a coup, probably got all that money, the United States and the CIA and all of their mercenary forces are waiting in the wings. 
It never materializes. But the only thing that happens is that Prigozhin meets with a couple of select people within the government of Vladimir Putin. I think that this was a bait and switch that allowed for Vladimir Putin to find the loyalists in his government and to find the people who were going to be willing to turn on him at a moment's notice. People who could be bought by the CIA, people who could be bought by those seeking to commit a coup. Uh, because if it had been anything other than this, Prigozhin would have lost his head. This guy would not be allowed to retire uh, to Belarus. Uh, he would not be allowed to keep his businesses. Uh, Wagner is like incorporated in Russia. So if Vladimir Putin wanted to take that from him, he could, but he hasn't. So we won't. And the United States and all of its allies are, are basically, you know, waiting breathlessly to see what else is going to happen? And I hate to tell them this, but I don't think that there's going to be anything that happened. Um, both Shogu and uh, the head of Wagner, Prigozhin, have since been seen on video or have made audio announcements. Um, they have essentially said everything's cool. You know, we're back to business as usual. Uh, I would look to see if Shogu is going to remain in this position or if he's going to be removed and perhaps replaced by somebody else. But as far as it is uh, for today, there was video of him actually visiting the front lines. Maybe he's just going to change the way he does things. I don't know. Um, but from the way that things played out, it doesn't make any sense to me that Prigozhin was running a real military coup. I think it makes a lot more sense that he worked with Vladimir Putin to figure out who Putin's enemies were so that they could then remove them and make a stronger, more unified Russia. Uh, listen, we've got to take a break for the second half of the show. We're going to do that, and I'll be right back after this. If you're thinking about heading to Binance, or you already have an account there, or maybe you're going to open a crypto account at some other large global exchange, I want you to stop and instead head on over to MyDigitalMoney.com. Now, why is that? Well, because last month it was revealed that Binance has been co-mingling customer funds, at least in 2020 and 2021. This is a clear breach of U.S. financial rules that require that customer money be kept separate from company revenue. Now, by Binance has actually denied mixing these funds, but the SEC has another thought in mind. Now, if this sounds familiar, it's because this is the same exact situation that FTX was in that led to its epic downfall, taking $8.9 billion in customer funds with it. And this is why my digital money keeps your assets with a qualified custodian under your name. When you invest with my digital money, your funds are completely secure. It will never be commingled with company funds. And in fact, no no matter what happens to my digital money, your funds will always be safe. Because you see, my digital money complies with regulations, regulations that are designed to protect you and your funds. So if you want to invest in cryptocurrency, invest with my digital money. Head on over to mydigitalmoney.com by clicking the link in the description box below, or you can give them a call at 833-636-2008. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, so let me just show you a quick quote from Prigozhin's recent statement made earlier today. He said the defense ministry is trying to deceive society and the president and tell us a story about how there was crazy aggression from Ukraine and that they were planning to attack us with the whole of NATO. I apologize. This was from when he initially announced this coup. What's interesting to me here in this statement 
His issue is with Shogu. His issue is with the Ministry of Defense. He's talking about how President Vladimir Putin is being misled by Shogu because uh, he wanted this war so that he could become a marshal, he claims, so that he could get a second hero of Russia medal. The war wasn't needed to demilitarize or denazify Ukraine. Now, that statement right there would be perfect to throw in if you were trying to rope in some of those deep state assets and say, this is a guy that we can really put our weight behind. So, again, I think that Shogu is maybe not going to be in that position for much longer. Uh, somebody else, I would be very surprised if they're around for all that much longer, despite all the billions of dollars they've gotten, despite how he's hanging on and how NATO is there to support him, uh, that would be Vladimir Zelensky. Now, uh, as Russia is no longer under the threat of a military coup, that means that Wagner uh, can move back into Ukraine, they can go back to the front, uh, or perhaps uh, it might uh, leave an opening for the actual Russian military to go and do that as well. But either way, Zelensky is preparing for the idea that this war is going to be ongoing. Uh, Fitz J O two says, "Here's to making it a live show. Always appreciate your dedication. Thanks, Zach. Thank you very much. I appreciate that too. Two rivers. I'm not muted. <laughs> I'm not going to fall for it either. All right. Um, so Zelensky has announced. Uh, now keep in mind, he he has banned opposition parties. He did this a long time ago. Uh, he arrested his political opponents, much like the DNC here in the United States." Uh, he got rid of all media that wasn't friendly to him. Sounds just like Corinne Jean-Pierre. He also shut down the Orthodox churches. Uh, and now he's announced that there will be no presidential election next year because the war is going to be going on. And of course, how can you campaign when you're in the midst of uh, running back and forth to a bomb shelter? Um this is simply another tactic of Zelensky to remain in power uh, despite any external pressures that might exist or any opinions from the people that he is uh, governing there in Ukraine. So here is an actual clip from the BBC. Let's go ahead and take a listen. He said, okay, I need to translate. She asks, will there be elections in Ukraine next year? And he says, this is a global question. If we win, there will be. So there will be no wartime, martial law, no war. Elections should be held in peacetime when there is no war, according to the law. And that's why this is so. <laughs> so there you have it. As long as there is war, there will be no elections in Ukraine. I'm not particularly surprised, surprised at all. So let's move on from the authoritarian leaders of Eastern Europe to the authoritarian leaders of the United States of America, North America. So some incredible information came out this past weekend in the form of text messages and, of course, that whistleblower testimony, which was revealed, I believe, on Wednesday uh, to uh, committees there in the House. This was the same IRS whistleblower who had come privately to Congress to give information about Hunter and Joe and their various crimes and also the stonewalling that he was experiencing at the hands of the Department of Justice and, of course, his bosses there at the IRS. 
should not surprise you that the information was timed to be released with the revelation that the Titanic submarine imploded last Sunday. The government knew that it had exploded or imploded last Sunday, but they held on to that information and they pretended that there was hope that they could find these people, this 96 hours of oxygen that was supposedly inside the submarine. Well, it turns out that uh, there was no possibility of these people being uh, found alive. The government has uh, sonar uh, listening devices that are all over the floor of the ocean so that when an explosion is uh, detected, they can pinpoint exactly where it is. So, you know, combined with the knowledge of where the ship and the sub were supposed to be and then uh, the uh, sound that was captured of this uh, submarine imploding, they knew they knew all the time and they didn't tell us. Because they also knew that this information from Hunter Biden's whistleblower was going to be revealed. And so they held on to it so that when the committee came forward, did their press conference, they released it to all of the mainstream media outlets. They had been priming the American people for a week prior to that. Everybody was talking about it. I mean, not everybody, obviously, but everybody in the mainstream were talking about it. And uh, and and it overshadowed the news about Hunter Biden and the whistleblower. Well, they could only allow that to work for so long because uh, very quickly this became the top story. So the text message that was revealed shows that Joe and Hunter were present in the same room and they were equally involved in the extortion of millions of dollars from foreign adversaries. Now, this is when Joe Biden was a private citizen. This is in 2017. Um, but it no less proves that Joe Biden is a liar because he always claimed to not have any knowledge or uh, involvement with Hunter Biden's business dealings. Now, because it's undeniable and we're actually going to get to some proof that these messages are real here in just a moment. Uh, the legal team for the Biden administration uh, and Hunter Biden, they are trying to spin this into something else. So uh, here is a statement uh, which doesn't quite jive with what Joe Biden said. Uh, it says, let me pull this up on a new window. So uh, this is Ian Sams 46, who is the spokesperson for the White House Counsel's Office. That's the lawyer for the White House. So this is obviously a very important legal matter. He said, as we have said many times before, the president was not in business with his son. As we have also said many times before, the Justice Department makes decisions in criminal investigations independently. And in this case, the White House has not been involved. As the president has said, he loves his son and he's proud of him accepting responsibility for his actions and is proud of what he's doing to rebuild his life. So that is all fine and good, but it's a lot of obfuscation. The White House knows that Joe and Hunter Biden were involved in an illegal pay-for-play scheme for many years and that Hunter and Joe sitting next to each other discussing the extortion from a foreign entity of millions of dollars threatening them with all of the power that comes along with being a Biden, uh, it really does make for some stunning television here. Let me actually read you the text message because I haven't had a chance to do this yet. 
on the air. Hunter is text messaging a Chinese colleague that he's hoping to extort. He says, I'm sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. That sounds like a threat, Hunter. And now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me, Joe Biden, and every other person he knows, and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my directions. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. If that wasn't clear enough, the only father that Hunter Biden has is, of course, Joe Biden. Now, this is coming from a WhatsApp conversation, and that took place on July 30th, 2017. These communications make it crystal clear that the Bidens were together, that Joe had full knowledge of what Hunter was up to, and that Joe Biden was directly involved and complicit. So this text, it believes, is uh, being sent or was was sent at that time in October of 2017 from the Delaware Beach House that Hunter Biden had on his driver's license and that, of course, Joe Biden called home and has called home for many years. This is the same place that Joe Biden kept classified documents he wasn't allowed to have, both in his personal study uh, in his uh, his his garage next to his Corvette, you know, all over the place. So shortly after that text message being sent, just a few weeks later, that's when Hunter received a $5 million wire from a Chinese firm. And if we go back just a little bit earlier, on August 8th of 2017, we got another $5 million that was wired from a CEFC-affiliated investment vehicle named Northern International. CEFC is that Chinese energy company that Hunter and the Bidens were mixed up with. Now, this particular $5 million wire went to the bank account of Hudson West III, which is another company that is directly uh, owned and operated by Hunter and the Bidens. They spent the next year transferring $4.7 million directly to another company, a firm that was owned by Hunter Biden, Owasco. Now, as far as I know, Hunter Biden has never tried a case in his life, although he does have a law degree. He does have, uh, I guess he's licensed to practice, maybe not anymore. But of course, we can take all of this information and we can put it together with the corroborating data that we find on the Hunter Biden laptop. And on that date, you can see right here, Hunter Biden is in his father's, Joe Biden, the big guy. He's in that famous Corvette. Uh, and he's sitting there with two young women. I don't know who they are. Maybe they're family. Maybe it's uh, a woman of the night that he brought over there. Um, but as you know, Joe Biden has repeatedly maintained that he's never talked to his son about any overseas business dealings. But we can put Hunter and Joe together on that date that the business dealings with the Chinese entity were discussed and Hunter threatens the knowledge and retribution of his father, Joe Biden, if they don't get what they want, which is another five million dollars. Now, Joe Biden uh, just attempted to ignore this for as long as he possibly could. 
But as time goes on and as the pressure begins to ramp up, because now it's not just the independent journalists such as myself that are asking questions about this, you now have a whole host of mainstream media reporters in the White House press room asking about this as well. So Joe Biden has officially lawyered up uh, after this latest revelation coming out. Now, this was revealed by Daryl Issa. I put it out on Twitter. Joe Biden has officially lawyered up. This is what a real scandal looks like. Now, what are people saying about the revelations from that whistleblower? Well, uh, Miranda Devine, who wrote a book about Hunter Biden and the Biden laptop, says bombshell evidence revealed by IRS whistleblowers that about how the DOJ rigged the Hunter Biden criminal investigation, forensic tax evidence of ill-gotten millions from China and Ukraine, obstruction by the DOJ leaking to Biden lawyers, tampering with evidence. I reported last week that Hunter received a tip-off from uh, the FBI saying that uh, they were going to be coming to uh, raid his residence. They were going to search. So they gave him the, the heads up so he could get rid of anything that he didn't want. Now, it also has been revealed early yesterday that Joe Biden was using a secret global cell phone while he was vice president. This was also paid for by Hunter Biden's firm. So that adds another layer of complicity to Joe and Hunter's ongoing business relationships with foreign entities. But it makes it all the more unsavory because Joe Biden was vice president of the damn United States of America using a secret cell phone. If you'll remember Hillary Clinton, remember with her BlackBerry, she didn't want to give up her BlackBerry. She didn't want to use the government uh, provided phones, mostly because she was probably doing illegal things and she didn't want her activities to be FOIA-able. Um, but Joe Biden, I'm certain, was doing the exact same thing. He needed to have a means of communication with Hunter and all of their Chinese business partners, but he couldn't afford to have that going through his government BlackBerry. Peter Schweitzer, author of Secret Empires and uh, Clinton Cash, also is the one who revealed this on Sunday on uh, Sunday Morning Futures. Let's go ahead and take a listen to the clip. I love Peter Schweitzer, and I really do like Maria Bartiromo. She's also here with Miranda Devine, the author of that uh, Hunter Biden book that I mentioned earlier. Both have broken so much news on this story. Peter, you broke a lot of this years ago uh, about the Biden family influence peddling. And you've got new information this morning, uh, breaking news on a cell phone that Joe Biden was using. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. What is the line of communications between Hunter Biden and his business partners and Joe Biden when he's vice president of the United States? It's not the government phone. It's not Joe Biden's personal phone. We know from the laptop that Hunter Biden's business paid for a private phone line that Joe Biden used while he was vice president. It was from AT&T. It was $300 a month. It was a global phone where you could access somebody anywhere around the world. Uh, we share that phone number and that account information with people at the House Oversight Committee. My hope is that if they haven't already, they will subpoena those records because I think it will give an indication on how tight the communication was. Uh, and that may be the phone, for example, that the Ukrainian, the Burisma executive might have used uh, in this allegation uh, that he talked to Joe Biden and re recorded conversations. I, I would just say one other thing, Marie, as it relates to that sort of shakedown phone call with Henry Zhao uh, that we alluded to, 
Henry Zhao in 2015 had already sent $5 million to the Bidens. Uh, he was the head of a harvest investment firm. Uh, and what's interesting is in the correspondence there, Hunter Biden again talks to Zhao in the context of this is a deal that's important to my family uh, involving his father. Let's also keep in mind we fixate on the criminal element of this. We also have to focus on the espionage element of this. Henry Zhao paid $5 million to Hunter Biden from an account that was part of a company that he co-owned with the family of the Minister of State Security of China, who's in charge of the entire spy apparatus. And you see that in every deal that Hunter Biden did in China. These individuals that are sending him money have ties to Chinese intelligence. Unbelievable. We have to take a quick Remember Hunter Biden saying that his business partner who went missing was the the uh, head of the Chinese spying network? This is par for the course with the Bidens. Now, White Knight has mentioned that uh, digital evidence is unreliable at best. Um, I would say in certain circles, in certain circumstances, it definitely is. If we were just talking about screenshots, that would be something that would be unreliable. But what we're talking about is an iCloud backup of Hunter Biden's communications, of his pictures, uh, of all of that. You can tell whether or not a photograph has been altered, and you can tell whether or not a photograph is original. The The information on the Hunter Biden laptop was investigated, and it was found to be credible. There was metadata placing Hunter Biden in certain places where he was known to be in the photographs that he took. Uh, Clearly, there were personal photographs on there. There was damning criminal evidence of him on there. There were these communications. Now, you, you can fake a screenshot of an iMessage conversation, but the backup of the iMessages, you can't get in there and uh, and mess that stuff up. Now, maybe somebody could, like, I don't know, say the CIA, but the CIA would not want to be doing that to Hunter Biden. They would want to help cover that up so that they could continue to have a patsy in the office of the president and perhaps maybe even run Hunter Biden as president at some time in the future. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene also let us know after this uh, whistleblower came forward from the IRS that Hunter was writing off things like his uh, human sex trafficking, his uh, connections with prostitutes. He he would uh, pay a thousand dollars for a meeting, you know, with one of these ladies of the night or whatever it was. I don't know how much it was. Uh, And then he would write that off as a business expense. Uh, Pretty disgusting. Hunter Biden is scummy. And that's the other thing. Even if you don't want to believe the information on the Hunter Biden laptop, it jives with the person that we know as Hunter Biden from his own admissions. He hung out with prostitutes. He was smoking crack cocaine. He was uh, taking pictures of himself naked in front of the mirror. Um, I understand uh, basically the argument that uh, digital evidence is suspect at best. But I know people directly involved in the investigation of the Hunter Biden laptop. I I know people who had the original files, the original source code. It's not just uh, a bunch of secondhand information. This was information that came directly from the backup of Hunter Biden's laptop from Mac Isaac. So I trust the information on the Hunter Biden laptop. Um, (laughs) 
There, I, there, there was some interesting stuff that came out this weekend about somebody who I don't generally talk about uh, that uh, is alleged to be photographs and text messages, uh, much like Hunter Biden, the types of things Hunter Biden did. Um, and, uh, you know, that since we don't have the original source files on, we can't say for certain uh, exactly what it means. But I'm not going to go there any more than that because uh, these people are litigious and uh, I'm not trying to get myself sued for saying anything. But uh, ask around to ask around if you want to know some more details on that. So <clears throat> going back to the Hunter Biden revelations, um. With Hunter Biden writing off many, many thousands of dollars, uh, 200 and or excuse me, twenty five thousand dollars to one of these prostitutes uh, and him failing to report two point two million dollars worth of income and probably failing to report a lot more than that. You would expect that the IRS uh, and the investigation with David Weiss would have resulted in a lot more than what he got now. The White House and the DOJ, they have maintained that the investigation was above reproach, that David Weiss had uh, full control over what charges he could bring, that the White House had nothing to do with it. That's why they appointed a special counsel. However, the IRS whistleblower that came forward uh, has completely blown that narrative out of the water. Uh, They are claiming that there are witnesses which can back up his assertion that Merrick Garland actually did interfere in the investigation into all of the uh, the various uh, issues that Hunter Biden was facing, uh, and that as a result of his interference, that's why we find Hunter Biden getting this sweetheart deal, getting just you know guilty to a couple accounts of tax evasion and then a diversion charge on the gun. So. After these depositions were revealed uh, where two IRS whistleblowers came forward to let the Justice Department know about their efforts, uh, the Justice Department's efforts to block search warrants and to cover up Hunter Biden's tax crimes, it turns out that we have even more witnesses who will be willing to come forward. Gary Shapley was uh, the big IRS whistleblower. He was revealed just last week, and he confirmed that prosecutors uh, that Joe Biden met with officials from CEFC, CFC again being that Chinese energy company. And also, he's the same one who revealed that Hunter Biden had demanded that $5 million payment from the Chinese Business Associate over the WhatsApp messenger uh, and used Joe Biden and his physical presence with him as leverage to get that done. Uh, So the whistleblower directly contradicts Merrick Garland's statements, which he made under oath about the independence of the Justice Department. That's a myth. There is no such thing as an independent Justice Department. Merrick Garland runs the Justice Department. Joe Biden employs Merrick Garland. And so, therefore, Joe Biden makes a demand. Merrick Garland delivers. Merrick Garland goes to anybody who works at the DOJ, and he probably tells them, hey, if you want to keep your job, you're going to do it exactly like this. It has been repeatedly claimed that the DOJ did not block the U.S. Attorney David Weiss uh, from aggressively pursuing Hunter Biden, but it sure as hell looks like somebody did. Now, one thing that Garland said recently, Mr. Weiss, who was appointed by President Trump as the U.S. Attorney in Delaware, that 
apparently gives uh, credence to the idea that Weiss was independent or at least not there to serve the interests of the DOJ under Merrick Garland and assign this matter during the previous administration would be permitted to continue his investigation and to make a decision to prosecute any way in which he wanted to and in any district in which he wanted to. Now, this is the kicker. Mr. Weiss has since sent a letter to the House Judiciary Committee confirming that he had that authority. I don't know how it would be possible for anybody to block him from bringing a prosecution given that he has this authority. Now, after Garland denied that he had anything to do with how this investigation played out, that's when Gary Shapley came out. And he is now putting forward six more witnesses who can confirm that Merrick Garland is full of shit, full of shit. Uh, and they are putting statements out there left and right. In October 7th, 2022, in a meeting at the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office, David Weiss told six witnesses, these are the new witnesses who are planning to come forward, that he did not have authority to charge in other districts and had thus requested special counsel status. Those six witnesses include Baltimore FBI special agent in charge, Tom Subasinski, and assistant special agent in charge, Raisha Holly. We also have IRS assistant special agent in charge, Gary Shapley, who we just mentioned, and special agent in charge, Daryl Walden, who also independently and contemporaneously corroborated Mr. Shapley's account in an email, now public as Exhibit 10, following up 148, page 148 of his testimony transcript, Mr. Shapley would have no insight into why Mr. Weiss would make these statements at the October 7th, 2022 meetings if they were false. It doesn't make any sense. Why would David Weiss go on record with all of these illustrious agents, uh, presumably some of the only good people at the IRS and the FBI, why would he make these statements uh, if it weren't true? Uh, because uh, from the Justice Department, they say it's up to him that he can do whatever he wants. But he says, no, actually, that's not really the way that it's happening. Uh, now, we have this whistleblower lawyer who is out doing the rounds on various programs and kind of discussing all of the things that happened. Obviously, Gary Shapley is not out here doing it himself. He's communicating through his lawyer. So one such statement, the fact that the DOJ blocked an agent from obtaining GPS locations to check if Hunter and Joe were in the same room after that WhatsApp message was revealed. Let's go ahead and take a listen to that. Actually, this is not a clip. This is 11 minutes long. Okay, so. With that, we bring in Mark Lytle, attorney. Let me just go to the clip or the, the quote from the article. The agent said, well, let's get the GPS location of the two of the father and the son, and let's see if they're actually in the same room at that time. Hey, that sounds like a great idea. If you're an investigator, you might want to do some investigating. You got this WhatsApp message. It says that Joe and Hunter are sitting next to each other and they're demanding a $5 million bribe payment. Wow, maybe we should figure out whether or not these guys were in the same location at the same time. And the prosecutor said, nah, we're not going to be doing that. <laughs> so another closed door on the investigation uh, and uh, no way for the investigators to actually do their job. Now, this is not something that occurred in a vacuum. Gary Shapley, his lawyer, have come forward to say that this was happening over and over and over again. Let's go back to the idea of David Weiss. The special prosecutor who, as Merrick Garland says, has the freedom to do whatever he wants, he can continue on, uh, he claimed 
in a letter to Congress that uh, he did have those powers. But of course, he said privately, I don't have those powers. So it makes for a very interesting series of statements to be made that bring Mark in regards to this story. So Weiss said that he tried to go to the D.C. U.S. attorney's office and they wouldn't approve it. And he was trying to go charge it elsewhere in California. And he was trying to speak special counsel authority, and that got denied. And so this was a shocker to the agents who were present. Those agents, of course, being the ones uh, that have just recently named themselves. <clears throat> so now the real question is, if David Weiss gave this letter to Congress claiming that he had the authority to do whatever he wanted, uh, but he's telling people privately that he really doesn't have that ultimate authority. The question then becomes, uh, did David Weiss even write that letter to Congress at all? Or was it perhaps composed for him and his signature was demanded on it? A Delaware U.S. attorney told David Weiss, told the House Judiciary Committee that he had been granted ultimate authority over prosecutorial decisions related to the investigation of Hunter Biden. He said this back on June 7th, just this year. Uh, now, Weiss's letter to Congress and Attorney General Merrick Garland's earlier testimony that the Senate Judiciary Committee that saying that Weiss had full authority to charge Hunter Biden directly contradicts with this new information, the statements that Weiss made to senior members of the team investigating Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. So who wrote the letter? Who is telling the truth? I certainly don't think that these whistleblowers who are coming forward and risking everything because they were unable to do the proper investigation into the Bidens, I don't think that they would be lying about this. But can you guys think of a plausible reason uh, why David Weiss might lie in a letter to Congress? I mean, you know, he's currently enjoying special counsel status and who knows what Merrick Garland might be threatening him with. Um, it's, uh, it's a question that I think that we need an answer to. Now, finally, finally, Kevin McCarthy is now speaking out about perhaps the, uh, cover-up that was taking place at the Department of Justice. Uh, and he's asking David Weiss to go ahead and come on in and testify. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be in a closed-door session or an open-door session, but either way, if he comes in and testifies before the House Judiciary Committee and directly addresses the allegations that are made by the IRS whistleblowers and the FBI special agents, then we may get some of those answers that we're asking for. Uh, and uh, this is clearly something that the American people need. Now, remember, I, may, I maybe I didn't say it on here. Maybe I said it on Badlands, but I was we were having a conversation last week about uh, the uh, the possibility of Joe Biden being impeached. And I said that timing was most likely ultimately a factor in whether or not to bring it. Just chew on this for me. Do you think it would be better? Do you think it would be better for Congress to just run out and impeach Joe Biden over some serious stuff you know, failing to secure the border, failing to secure the safety and security of the citizens of this country, dereliction of duty, uh, failing to properly uphold your oath to the Constitution. All of those things are important. 
But let's be honest, that's how Washington works. Those people don't care about the American people. They don't care about law and order. They care about how they can implement law to maintain order in their own life. They care about how they can implement the rules and regulations of the United States so that they can have the upper hand on you. But, but what we're seeing now Proof that Joe Biden lied about taking bribes from a Chinese energy company. Uh, Proof that Joe and Hunter were in the same place while they were running an illegal influence peddling operation that lasted for decades. Proof that perhaps Hunter Biden is being protected by the Department of Justice. All of these things kind of compound with each other. I personally think it's a better idea for the House to impeach Biden now knowing All of these much, much more serious, scandalous things that Joe and Hunter have been involved in. Uh, And I think that it makes it more likely that Joe Biden would be successfully impeached. Now, I mentioned also uh, somewhere else the other day that Kevin McCarthy has uh, said that he's open to expunging President Trump's um, two impeachments. Let's say that first they want to do that. They want to get rid of President Trump's impeachments. And they also want all of this really salacious stuff to come out from a variety of whistleblowers. So they've got it on the record. So they can then point to the impeachment that they're looking to have. And they can say, we have a really, really good argument for this. And they're waiting to do that until after they've already expunged Donald Trump's two bogus impeachments. I think that that would be sweet, sweet justice. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if that happens. So if we get David Weiss before Congress and he is, uh, uh, if he suggests that he was coerced into writing that letter or he never wrote it at all, that's going to be another bombshell. And it makes it even more likely that Merrick Garland is exactly who these whistleblowers say he is, that, that he is working directly for the Biden administration, that he is not an independent agency, that the Department of Justice is corrupt to the core. And McCarthy is also discussing the impeachment of Merrick Garland. Now, if you'll remember, Marjorie Taylor Greene had introduced articles of impeachment prior to this, and so far they've gone nowhere. Well, now there is reason to believe that perhaps they could very quickly go somewhere because the charges that Merrick Garland would see in this impeachment are going to be far more serious than the kind of general dereliction of duty that he was involved in before. So Kevin McCarthy uh, appeared on Fox And he said that, you know, we're actually planning on impeaching Merrick Garland now Uh, and uh, continuing also mentioning the uh, control of David Weiss and this supposed news of uh, his letter that was sent back in June. Weiss said he tried to go to the U.S. attorney's office and they couldn't approve it. He was trying to change it elsewhere in California. Uh, And of course, uh, Hunter Biden got that sweetheart deal. So Kevin said this, we need to clear, we need to get to the facts and that That includes showing reconciling these clear disparities. U.S. Attorney David Weiss must provide answers to the House Judiciary Committee. If the whistleblower's allegations are true, this will be a significant part of a larger impeachment inquiry into Merrick Garland's weaponization of the DOJ. Uh, And I go back to what I said about properly aligning the timeline to impeach Joe Biden. I think the same has to be done for Merrick Garland because you don't want to just impeach somebody just to impeach them. You want to impeach them so you can get rid of them. We want somebody else running the Department of Justice. And who is number two 
at the Justice Department. Let me just let me just check that out. Merrick Garland is the attorney general. Lisa Monaco is the deputy attorney general. She, let's go ahead. Ah, She is a member of the Democrat Party. Well, she would probably be loyal to Joe Biden at that. Uh, Who knows? Who knows what else, though? But like I said at the beginning of the show, this is really starting to bleed out into the mainstream. These, These claims and the whistleblowers, it's getting to the point where it's difficult to ignore. And Joe Biden was directly confronted. Take a look. Here at uh, these White House, this White House press corps, this is uh, an aggression that we haven't seen since the Trump administration. And I got to say, turn around, turnabout's fair play, Joe Biden. I really like it. So let's go ahead and take a listen to this reporter confronting Joe Biden about the recent revelations made by whistleblowers. And what do you think he's going to say? Did you lie about never speaking to Hunter about his business deals? No. I would I would honestly sincerely doubt that Joe Biden even remembers exactly what he said, what he did with Hunter Biden. And let's be frank. I mean, the crimes are so numerous and they're spread out over so many decades. I think it'll be difficult for Joe Biden to pinpoint anything. But I do believe that at the very least, he understands that he's lying when he delivers an answer like that. Now, it's one thing for the whistleblower and uh, various individuals to come forward and say, hey, I have this knowledge. It's another, it's another for there to be physical evidence linking Joe and Hunter Biden together on that day and proving that this WhatsApp message was sent while they were together. And that, my friends, is what Representative Tenney claims to have. Claudia Tenney, she's a Republican from New York. I've never heard of her before. But she said earlier today that Congress actually is in possession of that evidence to show that Joe Biden and Hunter were together when Hunter sent that threatening message to Henry Zhao, their business associate. That was on July 30th, 2017. Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. I think I said October 30th earlier in the show, July 30th. So Tenney is currently sitting on the House Ways and Means Committee. They are the ones who released that WhatsApp message as part of that package of evidence uh, that was uh, obtained from the IRS whistleblowers. So she said on Maria Bartiromo's program this morning that uh, all we need to prove is that Joe Biden was in the room and he's part of this. And we have other evidence showing that Joe Biden was in the room from various witnesses who were involved in the Hunter Biden scheme. Joe was there to show Hunter had the connections. So the WhatsApp message, we found evidence that Joe Biden and the whole family were in Wilmington on the night of that phone call. And the WhatsApp message, when it happened, that was July 30th, 2017. Now, Joe Biden, of course, at that time, as I said, was a private citizen. But this is a continuation of the tax evasion, money laundering, and what was going on to get that money through Hunter to Joe Biden and his family. Uh, This is delicious. I love seeing this, and I feel like it's been a long time coming, my friends. It has been bubbling up. It has been 
coming to a head. And the ultimate, the ultimate evidence in this text message exchange is the admission from Hunter Biden and his lawyer from earlier today. They do admit that text message was, in fact, Hunter Biden's. Hunter Biden's attorney, Chris Clark, has now admitted that this 2017 WhatsApp message, which, again, demanded from a CCP-linked businessman, that he hand over $5 million that was already previously agreed to, and that, of course, Joe was sitting directly next to him. Uh, That is a damning revelation, and this in and of itself should be enough to bring down the entire Biden criminal network. But, of course, as I've said, under Merrick Garland's DOJ, I don't think we're going to see that. I think Merrick Garland is about to be removed, though, and I think Joe Biden is going to be impeached as well. Now, Kamala Harris is not the person we want sitting in the White House, Uh, but I'm hoping that somebody's going to come forward with some information about Kamala Harris as well. Uh, And this investigation by the House Oversight Committee uh, into Hunter Biden and these whistleblowers, it's ongoing. We can expect that we're going to be getting more testimony in the very near future. And, of course, Ted Cruz has spoken about the possibility of impeaching Joe Biden, and he points specifically to the investigation and the findings that we've been discussing for the last half hour, 40 minutes or so. Uh, Ted Cruz is now urging the House to look into impeaching Joe Biden after this IRS whistleblower has come forward. Asked at what point the investigation and problems pertaining to Hunter Biden turn into an issue for the president, Ted Cruz said it is right now. Look, this WhatsApp is direct evidence of Joe Biden abusing his government power to enrich his son and assuming 10% for the big guy to enrich himself. Remember, this WhatsApp message says we want to know. This is not just me, Hunter, just mooching off my dad. Of course, the House needs to investigate it. But the stunning thing is the IRS whistleblower says the DOJ and Merrick Garland prevented an investigation into that message. This, my friends, is the downfall of the Biden crime family in real time. Now, of course, seeing as how corrupt Joe Biden is and the various things he's done throughout his years in public office, people are looking with a, uh, a cleaner lens at this point. Uh, and someone has been looking at the White House visitors logs. This is always an excellent way to tell who holds the strings of power in Washington, D.C., who is actually visiting the White House, who's visiting the president. Now, Joe has specifically stated when he was coming into office that, oh, he was going to be a transparent president. Uh, and uh, from the looks of it, Uh, His first two years in office contains some notable gaps. We are looking at records which detail more than 300,000 visitors from January 2021 to February 2023. That includes lawmakers, congressmen, senators, people like uh, Joe Manchin, who showed up to the White House to talk about legislation. We also had uh, titans of industry and banking from J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, Jamie Dimon, the CEO. Um, But. When Bloomberg took a look, they found some strange things, duplications, anomalies, missing names, 
all of these things raise questions about the accuracy and completeness of the logs that require business meetings, social functions, and receptions with Biden and other officials at the White House, which includes the complex of the White House, other buildings that are adjacent. So, As an example, the records posted on the White House website show just five visits from Nancy Pelosi when she was speaker. However, we know from either reports contemporaneously uh, or statements from her that there were at least 20 known instances of Pelosi visiting Joe Biden at the White House. And then Ron Klain, who was the former chief of staff, his job would have been to uh, help him seek out people in the complex. And it's only showing six visitors over two years. So it's quite clear that for some reason, uh, Biden has not been keeping accurate records at the White House. And I think anybody can you know, guess as to why that might be, probably because there were people who were meeting with him who were involved in the direct theft of the election in 2020 and people who were hoping to help him overthrow the government of the United States of America and turn us into a political hellscape that we now find ourselves in. That's on top of the fact that Joe Biden has only spent 60% of his presidency in the White House. They they ran Donald Trump through the ringer, saying that he wasn't at the White House enough. Well, Joe Biden is on vacation almost half the time, uh, and that means that he is going to be meeting with people in and around his various properties and various other places throughout the world, and those records are not going to be on the White House visitors' logs. But as it appears, they probably wouldn't have been keeping those records at all. For, can you imagine spending 40% of your work time on vacation? Washington, D.C. is such a cesspool. Uh, only in Washington, D.C. can you fail up so spectacularly to run a nation and not even run a nation. You don't have to do anything, Joe. All you got to do is show up and give a salute every now and then. Now, I, before we go, I've got something kind of funny that I wanted to show you. Let me see. Did you guys happen to see that video over the weekend of uh, 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 Patriot Front agitators that were being kicked out of uh, a demonstration by the Proud Boys? It was it was a strange thing to see online and watch people try to kind of reconcile these two things, because the left is always saying that uh, the Proud Boys are fascists, that they're racist, they're Nazis. And yet here we have the Proud Boys kicking what appeared to be Nazis out of this event. They did not want to be associated with them. It looked to me like the Fed fronted group Patriot Front were showing up at this rally in an attempt to discredit the Proud Boys, because that's what they've been doing recently. They show up, uh, they have their faces covered, their hands covered, everything covered. They they throw up a Roman salute, Heil Hitler, and then uh, those images and the video get associated with people like us, people who are peaceful demonstrators, who don't care about any of that stuff. This this is not the road that we want to go down. We're talking about saving American culture and saving the nation as a whole. Uh, all of the other stuff is minutia, and we can sort that out in the end. 
But the FBI need to prove to the American people that right wing terrorism fronted by white supremacists is the most dangerous threat facing the homeland right now. And so they get more money for that stuff. They get more investigatory power. They start going after normal, average conservatives, as we've seen since Joe Biden took office. It's just gotten worse. Well, there were a couple of these Patriot Front people who were unmasked. And their faces were shown on video and on uh, uh, in still photos. So this account, Dr. Frenzer BFD ADHD, um, uh, put together what appears to be a revelation of who at least one of them were. But she also identifies the second one. Now, I want to go uh, on on, uh, on record here and say that uh, this has not been confirmed, but it appears to be a fairly decent match. And I know that some people are, uh, you know, they look similar to other people. Um, but this one actually appears to be uh, like it could be correct. And I want to be very careful here because I don't want to get sued by this guy. But uh, this gentleman here, you can take a look. This is the guy who had his face shown at this uh, Patriot Front rally. And very quickly, he was not happy about it. You can see he's in a lot of distress and he's covering up his face. Now, this is the image of the gentleman that she believes him to be. And I just want to say it does appear to be very similar. I wish that we could get a look at – actually, you can. That ear right there, he's got a very prominent inner fold in his ear, and so does this man over here. Now, I don't – there's not enough definition to see his earlobe, but uh, you know what? If I If I'm being honest – I mean, I know that this is low res, but it almost looks like there's something weird about his ear. Um, It would be great if I could find a high resolution uh, video of that. But this guy, uh, I'm not going to say his name. Uh, he he claims it's not him. Now, we have another person uh, who was unmasked, and she believes that his name is Ian Michael Elliott. I will name him because he's from Atlanta, Antifa. Uh, we also have James Julius Johnson from Washington Nazi Watch, and then Ryan Richard Sunberg from No Cara. Don't know what those organizations are, but they appear to be part of the same left-wing radicals. Now, here is the second gentleman who was unmasked. This one I am not as convinced of. It's just a white guy with a beard. Uh, can't really see anything else. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, what's in, Adam Kinzinger actually commented on this. is pretty funny. So the, the video got a lot of play. A lot of people talking about it. Uh, and uh, Adam Kinzinger said, these, these people, all blue checks, are celebrating a seemingly MAGA assault on federal officers. So Adam Kinzinger uh, tacitly admitting that Patriot Front is made up of federal officers. Now, I don't know what this really is, but take a gander at the comments of the patriots who love America. We do love America. We hate PSYOPs. We hate when the federal government runs operations uh, attempting to smear peace-loving American patriots like us, Adam Kinzinger. Here is the uh, original from the fraternity where that gentleman was a member. Uh, It was on the Instagram account. Now, they have taken it down. They have covered it up. Oh, man. 
Ben Brody is a, oh, okay, well, he's a fourth-year political science major from San Fernando Valley. He's held positions such as brother at large and art chair. Ben enjoys hanging out with his friends, going snowboarding and mountain bike riding. After graduation, he plans to work for the government. He just graduated, so does that mean that immediately after graduation, Ben got a job with the government? Oh, it's worth asking. Now, He's actually been suspended from Twitter, so we can't go and look at uh, at his account. But the memes are great. People are uh, putting lots of stuff on, out there about it. Look at that. Spider-Man, FBI, love that, love that, love that. Uh, and let me go on to uh, show you guys the reply that Ben actually gave. Uh, here we go. This is the video reply of Ben where he denies being a part of Patriot Front. Address the uh, false accusations against me. Um, I wanted to first off say that I'm not a part of the Patriotic Front uh, as a member in that, that people who are claiming I am, I'm being confused with someone who looks similar to me. Okay, I just want to say it is plausible that someone could look similar and maybe this was a case of mistaken identity. But Ben very clearly does not want to turn his head to the side. He doesn't want to give anyone the type of view that we had of that Patriot Front member. Uh, and he curiously never gives his location at the time that this event took place. He denies being there, but he doesn't tell anybody where he was. So I would say, Ben, if you're going to do a follow-up, that's probably something good that you can do and uh, some type of corroborating information to show us that you weren't actually there uh, at the time of this event. Um, and I've never been to Oregon City for any protest whatsoever. Recently, I've just been so busy in terms of graduation from UC Riverside and stuff like that. I was, you know, I've been in Riverside only. Um, this is just crazy to me, and um, I graduated on June 21st, and I've just been hanging out with my friends, and then all these accusations are kind of just crazy and, and incorrect, and, you know, I would, um, my family and I are just being harassed completely, and I would be more than happy to clear up any confusion if necessary. You know, this is just so ridiculous, and I really just can't believe this is happening to me right now, guys. Um, all right, so he claims that he'll talk to anybody, but we can't talk to him because his Twitter is shut down. Warrior Mima says, Zach, your playback videos are very choppy. The audio is choppy? Okay, I, I don't know why that would be. Um, let, let me, you guys mind if I try something? Let me just reset my board. I'm having a lot of problems recently. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Okay, my mic is now working. Let's go ahead and uh, take a listen to this. 
address the uh, false accusations against me. Um, I wanted to first off say that I am not a part of the Patriotic Front uh, as a member and that, that people who are claiming I am, I'm being confused with someone who looks similar to me. Okay, sounds like people are saying that it sounds good now. All right, great. I just, I got to get into the habit of uh, rebooting that uh, every single time. All right, so I would like to see if we could possibly get a statement from Ben. You know, here's another um, image comparing the two. Gosh, I mean, his sideburns look the same. I mean, his hairline looks the same. Warrior Mima says much better. Thank you very much. Yes, I noticed that too. He miss he misspoke uh, when he said patriotic front. It's not patriotic front. It's patriot front. But of course, he can't seem to know anything about it if it really is him. I'd say that his cheeks, his lips, his nose, if I could just get a look at his other ear, that would be helpful. Look, when we put it in black and white, I think it looks very, very similar. Now, of course, if the FBI was really interested in going after white supremists, uh, they would want to know who the people in Patriot Front were. And, of course, they would probably end up going after those people just as hard as they went after uh, the people from January 6th. But, of course, they didn't and they haven't and they won't because they don't want to because those people are feds. Those people are working for the FBI. They are uh, planted individuals running a PSYOP designed to make people who love our country appear to be criminals and terrorists, and we know that that could not be farther from the truth. Yes, his hands, his hands look like they were moving in the same way as they did uh, in the video of him. Let me actually, I tell you what, guys, you want to actually watch the um, the video because uh, I haven't played it yet. But yes, he, he appears to be very, very upset. Uh, when his uh, his his face is revealed. Well, let me see. I was hoping that somebody would have that video on this timeline. Yes, here we go. This is where I saw it. Okay, let's go ahead and take a listen. Yes, I'm over 18. Oh, Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here, dude. We're not here. Get the fuck out. Go, bitches. 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 Go, b
So there's the one who was unmasked right there. Here comes. Here comes. Oh, he's like, no, no, no. So, whether these guys are Antifa agitators or federal agents or Antifa agitators being paid by the feds to infiltrate patriotic uh, gatherings such as this uh, protest by the Proud Boys, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But I think that uh, as we saw on January 6th, there were certainly paid federal agents and people acting at the behest of the feds uh, to uh, to behave in such a manner that would uh, that would uh, put a black eye on the patriot movement uh hey reanimator good to see you buddy all right so you uh julia you want my show times mondays and wednesdays 6 p.m eastern tuesdays and thursdays 1 p.m eastern fridays at 8 p.m eastern saturdays at 9 p.m eastern and then on badlands media 10.30 p.m. Mondays with John Harold for Baseless Conspiracies, Wednesdays at 9 p.m. for uh, Altered State with Brad Getz, and then Thursdays at 4 p.m. for Taken Aback with 412 and Quite Frankly. So uh, you can actually see the uh, the schedule at the very tail end of my video. I include it there, uh, and I'll probably put out a revised schedule on my website sometime in the future. I'm just very slow to get that thing updated. So, Julia, I hope that helps. And uh, anybody else out there, if you can help me, I would sincerely appreciate that as well. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let me go through the thank yous over here on the Foxhole. Let's uh, we're going to sign off for the night. Uh, so thank you again to Sean Joe and P Quest for dropping cookies. Filter Dog One says, what the hell? Only 600 GPS. You deserve much more. Thank you very much. Um, filter dog one says, uh, that was some rough audio. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, cookie or excuse me, Sean Joe dropped a cookie. Good dog 45 dropped a ship. Thank you very much, dude. Filter dog says, have you ever heard of planet Phaeton? I have not heard of planet Phaeton. And then filter dog one says, why did Condoleezza poke her? Oh, <laughs> uh, let, let's just, let's take a look. Planet Phaeton. Let me see if I can planet Phaeton. Also, I tried astronomers discovered something strange about asteroid phaeton. So they're calling it an asteroid. But here it says it's a hypothetical planet uh, hypothesized by the Titus Bode law to have existed between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter, the destruction of which supposedly led to the formulation of the asteroid belt. Okay, so I guess I I have heard of that before, um, but uh, I don't know about it specifically. Um, Does anybody here like have anybody who uh, has had Bigfoot sightings or uh, sightings of any like anomalous, paranormal, cryptozoological uh, situations? I-, I was supposed to interview this guy who had 
probably the best Bigfoot experience story I've ever heard. And he basically told me to F off yesterday. He's not interested in doing interviews anymore, which really bums me out because I really wanted to talk to somebody about this stuff. But I've just never had anybody come to me with a good enough story. I I, I suppose I'm asking... I'm asking you guys out there in the audience, uh, if you have uh, anybody that you can send me or that you can suggest to me that I look into, please do that. I get guest suggestions all the time, and I try to fit all of them in. I have like a big backlog of people who have requested to come on the show, so generally I'm scheduling like a month or so out. But if I get a guest uh, suggestion that I really, really want to get on the show, I will try to work them in as quickly as I can. So uh, I would appreciate it if you guys can help me out with that. It would mean a lot to me. Razor says, thank you. And then Porpoiseful dropped a cookie as well. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much, guys. All right, let me go ahead and pass out the gold pills. And then I hope to see you tonight on Baseless Conspiracies with me and John. All right, the scratching has been released. Thank you very much, everyone. And I, oh, you know, I also needed to say thank you to Tilly because she sent a donation on Ko-Fi that I had uh, actually missed. So, Tilly, I hope you're out there tonight because I wanted to read this one on the air because it was very sweet and I wanted to say thank you. Um, Oh, and the Keystone channel started following. Tilly said this, you are my first alternative news reporter and you are still my favorite. Thank you for your friendship and your mom's as well. You both have always been there for me, especially when I was dealing with the COVID nightmare. I appreciate you both so much. Thank you for being you. Thank you very, very much, Tilly. And uh, I appreciate uh, the, uh, the the kind ear that you have always lent me as well. And also the, uh, the tips and uh, bits of information when you have the opportunity to do so. So thank you very much, everybody. I appreciate you. Really appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, just make sure you hit that like button on your way out. Currently, we've got 3,400 people here on Rumble and 441 likes. So let's uh, see how many more we can get. And uh, until next time, good luck and God bless. I'll see you guys tonight.